and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler podcast, episode number 76. Hey, I'm so glad to have you with us again this week. This episode is a little different than our normal fare, but hey, we want to bring you content that maybe is a little different sometimes. So... That's what we're doing right here. In this episode, I got the chance to chat with my friend Dean Meyer, who is a teacher and a gamer uh, in Lansing, Michigan. And he asked me to talk to his after-school kind of fifth-grade game design class about making games. So we got together over Skype and had a little bit of a chat, um, just talking about all things game design. So... Um, I'm going to let you guys listen in on that. Maybe you can learn something about making games and being a publisher. Maybe you can giggle at me trying to explain things in a way that makes sense. Um, And maybe you can have a good laugh. Uh, Or, you know, maybe you become a world-famous game designer because you were inspired by this wonderful conversation. Anyway, thanks for listening in. Hope you enjoy it. Get out there and play some great little games. Well, all right. Let me uh, let me give you a little bit of background about myself. My name is Jason Katarski, and I am the owner of Green Couch Games. So we make those games that you saw some Kickstarter videos of. And before that, I was just a game designer. Um, and before that, I was just a person who liked games, kind of. I uh, I grew up playing card games with my family, and then um, you guys know what the Sega Genesis is. Yeah, sort of old school, uh, I guess, 80s, late 80s uh, video game machine. And my brother was super into video games, but he wasn't very good at sharing. So uh, I never really got that interested in video games. Um, so games didn't really catch on with me until later on. And my wife showed me a game she played in college called Settlers of Catan. Have anybody played that one? Couple people. Couple? Not too many. Cool, cool. It's kind of a neat big game, and that one made me really fall in love with games, and I started buying a lot of games, and uh, I saw that all the game games that I was buying that were not like your typical Monopoly stuff or Uno, they all had names of creators on the box, and I thought that was really cool. I wanted my name on a box, so I went home and used uh, some cards and some kind of bits and pieces from other games that I had laying around my house and made up a game. And that game was called The Great Heartland Holland Company, which I uh, was able to get a publishing deal with with a, a company called Dice Hate Me. And they brought my game to kind of hobby game stores around the world. And that was my first game that I ever tried to make. And it was pretty good, and people liked it. And I liked the whole process of making a game, so I made some more and sold them to other publishers. And then eventually I said, I want to be a publisher myself, which means I want to just create the games and get them into stores. So I started working with um, other game designers and people who create games to kind of take their idea and their very simple kind of homemade game that they've tested out and played and created. And I take it from that idea all the way to a product that ends up on store shelves. Wow, that's quite complicated. But uh, from my background now, do you... Uh, even though you're based in Grand Rapids, you travel all over the country, don't you? Yeah, I do. So a part of uh, getting my games in front of people uh, is is about going to game conventions. So I travel to Indiana and Ohio. I went to um, Utah this year, and I'll be just continuing to look for uh, game conventions to, to go to to kind of show off my games and get people interested in playing my games. So part of that aspect, and we just had our M-Step testing the last couple weeks here, and 
Uh, we got hit with a whole bunch of economics questions that were brutal because <laughs> that's one of those things. It's hard enough to get through history and geography, let alone uh, civics and economics. So that idea that in order to sell games, you need to do some marketing and you need to meet people. What are um, what are some skills that you find is very helpful for people in this industry who want to get their games in front of people and to get people to play them and sell them? Yeah, so I think it, it starts with um, there's some skills that can be can be really helpful to get started in making games would be math because math is in is everywhere you look in games. Um, a good grip of, you know, kind of really like social studies, history, uh, can be really helpful in creating themes and stories that your games exist in. Um, and then just good communication is like probably the biggest thing overall. Um, when I create a game, I usually use tangible pieces and I just like play with cards and I, I use hands-on to kind of brainstorm and be creative until I make a game. And then once I feel like I've made a game... Um, I then have to write down how to play that game in a very detailed way. So a stranger that I've never seen face-to-face -face can read my rules uh, and, and play the game. So communication is, is super important for, for communicating the ideas of how to play the game, making sure you don't leave anything out, make sure that you're concise with your statements. And then communication is, is all about building relationships with people um, to show them how your idea works, because if people don't know how your your game works, then they're not going to buy it. So making videos, visual communication, uh, audio recording, podcasting, uh, just me like this right now, me talking to you about about games and making games are all skills um, that that start with you know speech class and and uh, socializing with your peers and teachers at school. Yeah, well, socializing is something that they don't have, a, most of them, a hard time with, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have a little too much of it. But it, so it sounds like that idea that read, uh, read, watch uh, movies and TVs, get ideas from lots of different places, but also those what we call soft skills where you're talking to people. Absolutely. Uh, people yeah, you want to sell yourself. You want to be enthusiastic. Uh, you probably don't see too many game designers, I'm sure, that are really quiet and meek and mild, and you got to go over and pull out of them what it is, right? I mean, they have to sell themselves to you. So yeah, for sure. Confident. Yeah, so that confidence piece, I'm sure, is uh, key for you know game designers, but also for you as a producer to get people to want to buy. Definitely, because I, I have to work with all kinds of different people. I have to work with artists. I have to work with game designers, and that we um, and we don't live in the same city. So we communicate a lot over email or, or on the phone like this, and uh, it's it's so important to be able to, to communicate. Technology is really uh, helpful, too, another aspect of, of skills, because you want to be able to put together a functional prototype, and computers can be really helpful for that. Playtesting, like, online, there's ways that you can test games over the Internet, over Skype, to kind of make sure that the games are, are ready to go um, and in like the, the video editing, there's, there's so many skills that go into to this thing. Um, it's, it's kind of super helpful to be just a well-rounded person who is, who is eager to learn as much as possible. Yeah. One question that I had, certainly I, I had the pleasure of uh, helping you package up Walk on Fire. That was a game designer that I think you were saying you never met in person, correct? That's correct. He, he lives in Taiwan, and his name is Pokey Chen. 
Um, and that was a neat story because a friend of mine went to uh, Tokyo and played uh, some games in Japan with game designers on the other side of the world and brought back some samples. And he showed uh, a game to me, and I loved it. So I had to reach out uh, across the uh, the ocean there to uh, connect with Pokey and, and bring his game to the United States because it had not been available uh, over here yet. So it was a kind of a neat uh, cultural experience where, you know, I had to, his his uh, friend helped communicate between us because Pokey didn't speak a lot of English. So we had a friend that was translating and, and helping us make sure we were on the same page and understood each other. Cool. So it sounds like that social aspect where you make connections with other people and they know people and things happen, right? So Absolutely, essential. Going back to your idea of communication, of being a good reader and writer and speaker and confident that you opened a lot of doors. Tell us about uh, some of the favorite games that you have produced. I know, uh, oh, you have one that stars uh, an author from California who uh, spent a little time on Hood Slam, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, I have two by that designer. I got him, Ryan Cowler, uh, who's in California. He's a professional wrestler. Uh, so that's pretty fun. But he also makes games. A lot of people who make games do it as a hobby. Um, some people do it as a job, as a career. But, but a lot of people just do it because they love it. Um, but this guy, Ryan Cowler, made a game called Outlawed for me. It's about bluffing and lying um, and, and really trying to, to read whether or not other people are lying or bluffing uh, in order to capture the most bad guy outlaws so you can become the new deputy in an, uh, in an old west town. And he made a two-player dinosaur battle game where you're trying to uh, eliminate the other players' dinosaurs uh, and earn the most kind of victory points called Jurassic Attack. Um, so yeah, the people that make games come from all walks of life. I have a guy who works in, um, in the railroad industry. I have a guy who's a technical writer. I have a guy who, um, he sells pesticides to, um, get rid of bugs in big commercial buildings. So, um, and then I have some, some people who are really just focusing on making games and being a part of that industry as much as possible. Wow. Quite an eclectic group, but, uh, Keeping you in business, and sounds like you're having fun. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we have some questions for you. All okay. right, sure. There. Hopefully, we'll hear you okay. We got our X marks a spot on the floor. Oh, cool. <laughs> we sometimes have done some mystery hangouts and things with other classes, so uh, so it's interesting. All right, go ahead. Um, my name is California. My name is California, and I would like to ask you, how many games do you think you have? How many games do I think I have? I I stopped counting at about 500. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm closer to like six or 700 games now. Wow. How big of a house do you have? It's barely big enough to hold my two kids, my wife, and all my games. No, it's, we've got we've got room. I act, I'm running out of shelf space. I have a room in my basement where my office is and my game table is, and all my shelves are full. So now I'm gonna have to start doing trades and and selling some games to make room for some new ones. I think. Wow. Now your family is pretty active gamers as well, so it's 
a social thing that you go to different gaming events, but also you guys as a family play, right? Absolutely. If I play with my, my two younger daughters, I have a second grader and a preschooler, and my wife loves games. She's the one who kind of got me interested in games. So it's something that we do regularly to, to spend time together. Perfect. All right, I've got another question here. How many games... Oh, introduce yourself. My name is Kate Fuller. And how many games have you made? Okay, so I have made as a game designer, uh, which means I created the way the game is played. I've made f uh, five different games, and those were kind of published by different companies. Uh, and then I am working on with my company Green Couch Games, where I mostly work with other people's games and, and, and help bring those to uh, kind of a, a sellable state. Um, those, I've, I'm on my eighth of those eighth game so altogether i've made 13 games uh that i have played a significant role in awesome okay. do you know what those games are called that you made yeah the oh, ones well, we can we'll have to get some there's some i know i don't have i don't have great heartland caller that was your first that you created yeah that's right the, the ones i created um off the top of my head uh was the first one was the Great Harlan Holland Company. I made a game called Dead Drop. I made a game with my daughter, who was four at the time. She helped me design it, uh, called Frog Flip. Uh, a game called Kite Fight, which is um, was published in uh, the Netherlands. And then a game called Fidelitas as well. And now I feel like I'm maybe forgetting something, but I think that's it. Um, so Fidelitas was the first game that my company, Green Couch Games, did. And then I did... Um, after Fidelitas with Green Couch Games, I did a game called Best Treehouse Ever. I did a game called Jurassic Attack, Avalanche at Yeti Mountain, Walk on Fire, which is the stir-fry one there that uh, Mr. Meyer was holding up the mat for. And then uh, Rocky Road, a la mode, Outlawed, and then I have a new game we just finished on, on Kickstarter called Ladder 29, as well as uh, like two or three more games that I'm working on to, to bring out next. Awesome. Thank you. Um, my name is Sophia, and I was wondering, how do you usually get ideas for your game? Oh, that's a good question. So ideas really can come from anywhere. Um, my my game Fidelitas came from watching the show Yo Gabba Gabba with my daughter. You guys, you guys know that show at all? Yeah. So I I have this idea because. Um, in Yo Gabba Gabba, there's five characters. There's Fufa and Broby and, and Plex and uh, Tootie and uh, another one. Muno. Muno. And they all had their own worlds in Yo Gabba Gabba Land, except for Plex. So I made I made a game kind of about having a party for Plex, and the friends were fighting over where they were going to have the party. But then it turned into, like, I added more ideas to it and created my own story for it. So I just was looking at that show, and I had an idea about, hey, there's four out of five of them have their own worlds, and there's this extra one who doesn't have a world. Where could that game from? Um, or where could a game be in that idea? So sometimes it comes from, like, watching movies. I watched a show on Netflix with my wife for a while, and it was about spies and, and espionage. So I wanted to make a game that had that kind of a theme. Uh, I did another one that was based on kite. I called it kite fight because uh, th there's a, a hobby that people have called kite fighting, where they they try to see whose kite can uh, fly the highest. And sometimes they have like glued like glass on the string of the kite, and they're trying to cut each other's strings. 
So it's like in um, in Asian countries, it's a really big pastime. And I just thought, hey, that'd be a really neat game to like explore the idea of like kites battling somehow. And I just I knew that like the 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 visuals would make for a great experience. So like beautiful kites and sky in the background. So sometimes it's like a theme like that. Uh, the uh, my friend came to me and said, hey, I got this game about making making the treehouse of your dreams. And uh, that just gave us a lot of room to kind of explore and say what what would that game look like and how could we make. Um, a really good game that gets this idea across that we are being creative and building our own treehouse. So, really, ideas come from anywhere. They, sometimes they come from playing other games, and, and you see something that another game did, and you like, you think, hey, well, what if they would have done this with it? And then you can take something out of it and twist it and make it your own, or put two elements of two different games together in a new way. So, really, I'm just always looking for ideas um, to... That, that would make for good games whether it's just the, the story first or like the way that like uh the it's called the mechanics the things that make the game work um like something that seems interesting to me that maybe i have an idea for doing a little differently and once you have that seed you kind of plant it on the table and and watch it grow as you as you play with other people thanks for the question so my name is Troy Matthews. My name is Garrett. Hello. And my question was, where did you come up with the name Green Couch? Good question. So I, I'm not sitting at it right now, but I have a green couch behind this wall in my office. And it was a couch that I bought from a friend uh, at a garage sale. And that couch was kind of the place where I did all my creative work, where I would, like, I play guitar, too, and uh, it would be the place where I would write songs and where I would kind of, like, dream up new ideas. And uh, a couch is, like, in a house is a place where, like, you sit down and, and, you, and you visit with people, where you spend time together. So this green couch I had was kind of a symbol of creativity and, like, connections with other people. And that's what I wanted my games to be about. I wanted them to be creative things that were about bringing people together in a physical space, in a real space around a table, not just, like, a, a virtual space on computers. I wanted people to, like, be able to, like, look each other in the eye like you could if you're sitting on a green couch. So I thought green couch uh, games would be a, an interesting name for a company. Awesome. Thank you. What? Oh. Okay, I'm wondering, have you played every single game that you have? I unfortunately have not yet. I, I probably have um, a hundred or so that I haven't played yet. So, yeah, the, the problem for me is that I go to those, you know, I was talking about how I go to game conventions to show off my games to, to people. Well, when I go to a convention, I'm looking at everybody else's new games, too. So sometimes I'll buy some games to bring home, and, and maybe I'll do two or three conventions before I even get a chance to really play a new game, because I have so many games. But So I have ones that I'm really looking forward to that I haven't gotten to play yet. Uh, but uh, I'm working through my pile of games. Slowly but surely. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Blake. <laughs> My name is Noah. Hi, Blake and Noah. Um, and, uh, I was wondering how, um, like, how does Kickstarter work? Like, do they just like fund your game, or do they like send you money and then they get the game later on? 
Yeah, so here's, yeah, Kickstarter is a big, big thing. We could talk about that for hours. But the basic idea for Kickstarter is some people created a website where you can put your idea on uh, online and you can say, this is what I want to make, this is how much it's going to cost, and I need your help. So if everybody chips in a certain amount of money, we can reach my overall goal and I can make this idea come to life. So in the gaming space... I put up my idea, and I say, I want to make this game, and if I want to print 2,000 games, it's going to cost this much. And if I get 500 people to help out, they can buy a game for $20 each, and I'll have enough money to print the game. Uh, so then I have to kind of share that uh, on, on um, social media and in board gaming forums and different places in advertising. I have to go to conventions and show off new games and tell people, hey, we're trying to raise money for this new game. And if they like it, they go and they watch their video and they see if it looks like a fun game. And then they can pledge their money. And you only get the money if you reach your goal. And if you reach your goal, um, afterwards, uh, a couple weeks later, Kickstarter takes their cut of money off the top. They, they end up getting about 8 or 10% of the money that you raised. And then they send you the rest. And you get to use that money to make the product or the idea, the project that you created, and get it to the people who supported you. So I always have to be really careful about finding out how much it's going to cost to make the game, how much it costs to ship the game. And um, then I have the hard work of creating the game and working with the artist and working with the manufacturer, the, the factory, and then working with the shipping companies, and then packaging all of them. Mr. Meyer came over to my house one day and helped me pack up hundreds of games and envelopes to send to the people who buy the, bought them. So um, so then after that, the, uh, whatever I have left, I sell uh, through a distributor who sells them to different game stores around the around the world. So um, yeah, Kickstarter is, is a really neat way to take your idea and bring it into reality um, without having that money that it costs up front. Um, you, people used to have to like get a loan and get a game printed and just store them in their garage, not knowing if anybody was going to buy them or not. But this way, um, I know how many people want them, so I know how many to get printed because of Kickstarter. So it's kind of like a, an RSVP, but they pay the money up front. That, yeah, exactly. That's a great. It's like a pre-order. We want this game. We're going to give you money to help you make it, and uh, and I promise them to get them what I uh, what I promised. So. Awesome. Thank you. Um, what's your favorite games? My favorite games. Thank you for saying games because you probably realize it's really hard to pick one game when you've played hundreds and hundreds of games, right? Um, one of my favorite games of all time is Ticket to Ride, um, which is a game about uh, building routes uh, with uh, tra train routes. And then um, another game that I really, really like is and Ticket to Ride is by uh, a guy named Alan Moon. He's the creator. And then I like a game by uh, a person named Wolfgang Kramer, and it's called Six Nymphed. It's just a simple card game where you're uh, trying not to be the one who has to place their card in the sixth spot of any row, or you have to take cards, and cards are bad. So it's a, it's a game you can learn in like a minute, but it's really fun to play with families, and you have good decisions to make, and lots of big, aha, exciting moments. So that's that's probably my two like top favorite games. Cool. Thank you. Thanks. No problem. Thank you, guys. Um, my name is Nevada Mast, and you met my What's sister up, earlier. I know California. Okay. And I really want to know why, why um, you 
Well, be, okay, so you have to come up with a bunch of money to make one game. So when you make one game, you, that just means one title. But I want lots of people to play it, so I have to get um, usually at least 2,000 copies made. So so then, um, so it, so before that, though, so there's the printing of the game itself. And that often happens in China because they have some of the best uh, manufacturing capabilities and most uh, competitive prices. So it's the best kind of price that I can I can find to get my games made the way I want them made. Um, then I have to pay to have those games shipped to me on a boat. Uh, and that's usually like $1,000 to get 2,000 games put on a boat and sent to me in the United States. Um, I have to hire an artist and a graphic designer. The graphic designer is the one who um, puts together the uh, the look. Not, they, they don't do the pictures, the drawings necessarily, but they do all of the other parts, the text, the numbers, the, um, the way that the things are placed on the card, the design of the box. So I have to hire people and pay them um, to do that work for me because that's not one of my skills. And then... Um, I have to pay the designers who created the game a royalty, which means a percentage of everything that I sell. So, um, and then hopefully I have enough room in there to, to make some profit. But yeah, it takes quite a bit of money to make the games. Um, so from art, from the designers, to uh, manufacturing, to shipping, and advertising is another cost. Trying to tell people that I have a game. Um, if, if people don't know I'm making a game, they're not going to buy it. So um, I have to pay for, for advertising on, on, on different blogs and websites, uh, sometimes uh, sponsoring podcasts or sponsoring conventions uh, to kind of do everything I can to, to get my game out there. So it's a big process. It takes a bunch of money, and then hopefully you make your money back by selling enough copies. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Piper, and I was wondering, what was the game that was most difficult for you to make? Oh, yeah. Um, good question. Most difficult for me to make. Do you mean, like, to come up with the idea, or do you mean come up with, like, the actual, like, pieces and art and all that stuff? To come up with the actual pieces and art. Okay. Um, so my my biggest game um, and kind of most challenging game was Best Treehouse Ever. And that was um, a game that really connected with people on Kickstarter. So that was the most um, backers that supported us out of all my games. It was over 2,000 people. And to keep people excited, they kind of expect like that you're going to add more stuff if you add more people to your Kickstarter campaign. So um, this game, is like I said before, was about building treehouse rooms. And each card is a different room um, on the treehouse. And there are 72 different rooms. And at first there was only 12 different rooms. And we used each of those rooms six times each. So that made, I think, six times 12 is 72-ish. You, you guys are probably smarter at math than I am. So, um, But then I wanted them to be all different because i wanted people to play that game and every time they got a hand of cards it was like new rooms they could dream up and new conversations they could have and that took quite a bit of time for our illustrator and quite a bit of extra money because each new picture costs more money so um that one was was kind of it was it was really really exciting to be able to add more and more pictures and like see what that art was going to look like but it was uh kind of like 
it was challenging because it took so much time and that time was out of my hands my artist was fantastic um but you just have to wait for the the time that it takes to actually draw those pictures so i was anxious to get them back so i could get the game printed and out to the people who supported us um and it also had these cool wooden acorn pieces in it that um we wanted to look just right and had to get all the colors right um so lots of little uh lots of little details in, in that in that particular game but uh, it's uh, that one is is actually done really well, and people I have really connected with that art and made people excited. So I've been able to um, work with people in other countries to create that game in in seven different languages around the world. So that's my best selling game now too. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Caitlin. I wanted to know um, how long does it take you to make? You know, sometimes uh, I come up with an idea and it works immediately if I'm a designer. Um, and, like, maybe a half an hour I have an idea that I can play. That doesn't mean I'm done. There's still a lot of work that goes into playtesting it and making sure that it's a good game that people will enjoy, that the math isn't wrong, where one person has, has a better chance of winning than other people. Um, that's called balancing the game. So there's a lot of playtesting and balancing that goes into games. Um, so, but the initial idea sometimes can come really fast, and you, I've had a working, working prototype, a working sample within 30 minutes or so. But other times, I get a part of the idea that I really like, and it doesn't work, and it doesn't work, and it takes time, and I put lots of hours into it. And sometimes I've just taken it and put it back on the shelf. Uh, and I just let it sit there for a while until I can come back to it and have some new ideas to try. Um, so it can take years to make a game. Um, to actually produce a game and, and make a game uh, at the printer, um, it takes a couple months for the artist to do all the art. It takes a month to run the Kickstarter campaign. It makes it takes a month for all the files to get you get samples from the factory. And then it takes a couple months to print all the games and then it takes a couple months to get those games on the boat and ship to the United States. So a game can take anywhere from like four to six months from when you initially um, get the artist working uh, to when the game actually gets printed. Um, even up to maybe eight or ten months depending on, on how detailed and how much time you need to, to give to the artists and the manufacturer. So it's a long process so I have to really make sure that I like that game in order to keep working on it for that long. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name's Audrey, and I was wondering um, how much money you usually make per game. Uh, well, that's a good question. So, um, so the way that games work in stores is if you buy a game that costs $20, that store paid about half for that. So they paid about... $10 for a $20 game. And then um, the range of how much um, I have to pay to make that may be anywhere from $3 to $5. So you cut that in half again. Um, so then the money between um, what the store sells it for and what it costs me to make is the price per game. So that can be anywhere from $2 or if I'm at a convention selling it for full price um, I might make uh, $15 profit on a game. So that's just the profit. Yep. Um, 
Hi, my name is Vince. And when did you start in the gaming business? I actually started about three, um, actually probably four years ago now, is when I made my, uh, my first game with uh, Great Heartland Holland Company about 2012. So I guess that's, we're coming up on five years now. Um, and that was just, uh, that was just me coming up with that idea. And I started Green Couch Games three years ago. So this is my, my third year, not quite full three years, but, um, before that I, I worked in a church and I worked in a bookstore and, um, but I just, I, I love making games and I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. Loved all the ideas. There's so much to share. So uh, I appreciate your time immensely. Well, you thank you so much, Mr. Meyer, for having me. And my pleasure. Hope to hope to get out to your side of the world here to do some more gaming and uh, maybe even catch up with you at Gen Con this year. Hopefully you guys will be there. Yep, we'll be there with a booth. We'll be up in the Family Fun Pavilion right uh Right across from Ravensburger and Pegasus Spiel, and and right next to Game Right Games, so we got a really good spot to show off our games this year. Wow, fantastic! I'm going to China before then, so uh, I'd like to say I go visit some factories here and do do some inspections for you. But, uh, <laughs> awesome, I'd love that. But, but I'll be teaching, so we'll see. But uh, awesome, thank you again for all your time. This is fantastic. Thank you, thank no you. No problem. Thanks everyone for the questions. Have a great time playing games. Bye. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye.